Welcome to Naja Reviews. This is Brian, your host. Today, we're going to talk about the Children of the Corn collection, six film set, Miramax classics, and the first one. Because when I just picked this up, I was like, hey, I like the first one. Maybe it's in here. It's not. It's just the sequels up into Revelation, which is a fucking stupid name. Just going to do a quick rundown of each of the movies. Things that I like. Things that piss me off. It won't be as ranty as the last episode. Because I'm not like emotionally attached to this film franchise at all. Other than it started from a Stephen King story. Which I started listening to. And then it was boring and I stopped. I know that it's a short story. The problem with it is I already don't care about religion. And reading about fake religion is almost as annoying as real religion. That being said, it is something that's set up and doesn't get paid off in these sequels, and I'm going to complain about it. So the first one, obviously, has Sarah Connor herself in it, Linda Hamilton. I'm going to cut out the really long pause I just had, trying to remember the name Linda Hamilton, which is really fucking stupid, because I literally just watched Terminator 2 three weeks ago, and I loved the first two Terminator movies. So you'd think I'd remember her name. But this movie and Terminator are literally the only things I know Linda Hamilton from, off the top of my head. But we had other good characters that I don't know the name of the actors. So Malachi was fun, and Isaac was amazing in the first one. It's like, leave. if you don't know about Children of the Corn, I guess I should start there. Children of the Corn is about a group of kids that follow scripture based on corn. And he who walks behind the rose is their god, and the prophet of the first movie is Isaac and he's really good at being this little shit but he's really good at yelling scripture at people and his enforcer Malachi he's just big enough to be an intimidating child because they kill everybody all the adults because once you hit 18 you're corrupted and you need to be killed so they basically show the kids kill family members under Isaac's watch in the beginning of the movie and the only reason I bring up the beginning of this movie is because of stuff later like, not just the beginning of the movie, but specifically that it showed the parents get killed. Anyway, Lynn Hamilton and her boyfriend don't come, eye, don't see eye to eye when it comes to marriage. So that causes them to have a problem. I cannot remember why they are driving through Iowa. Because I don't know if the movie's set in Iowa, but I'm pretty sure the book is. So we're just going to go with Iowa. And then they hit a kid. And then they realize the kid was already killed. Like, his throat was slit. And he got kicked out into the road. And it we learn that it's because he's trying to escape. I think they show that first, and then they show this part. It's been a long time since I've seen Children of the Court. Like, a couple years. So then they're running around, getting chased by children, trying to figure out what's going on. And then he who walks behind the rose decides to possess Isaac and punish Malachi for betraying Isaac. Because he who walks behind the rose is real. And you get to see some, like, giant corn trimmer things trying to attack everybody. And then they blow up the fucking small section of the cornfield and in the mushroom cloud is a fucking drawn-in face that cries a little bit and it's not a great movie but it is kind of fun to watch i'm gonna go into more depth with the sequels that nobody seems to know exists but if you if you're just tuning in to a horror podcast and you don't know what the children of the corn is you're either very very new to horror or you don't care about old looking shitty movies and if you don't care about old looking shitty movies it's probably isn't the podcast for you to listen to because most of the movies i watch are old shitty looking movies just saying so that gets wrapped up the entity blows up cries about it looks like a fucking ice cream cone and then and then they get away and they have nothing to do with the rest of the movie franchise just like stephen king has nothing to do with the rest of this movie franchise although i'm gonna take elements from stephen king 
like whole entire fucking stupid universe. Not that it's stupid. It's just you can just like say stuff and it sounds right enough for people to not question you. Like he who walks behind the rose is probably Walter or Randall Flagg or whatever his name was in Storm of the Century. I like Walter. My headcanon is he who walks behind the rose is Walter just fucking with people on Earth again as he likes to do. I don't know if that's stated. It's probably not. But that's what I'm going with. And that's the storyline we're going to keep throughout all of these fucking movies because it gives me something extra to complain about later (laughs) on one of the movies that i was hoping was going to be the savior and it turned out to be one of the worst out of all of these so the first one we have is children of the corn 2 the final sacrifice they need to stop putting the word final on the end of the second one because it looks real stupid so basically in the final sacrifice it is like a direct continuation from the first one the kids from gatlin that didn't blow up or get possessed in the first movie there's a lot more of them now get taken to a town right next to gatlin and they're gonna be fostered and i don't know why anybody was like yeah okay we'll foster them it'll be great they only killed every single adult in the whole entire gatlin couldn't possibly have some problem here so a bunch of interviewers interviewers bunch of reporters are there and our main little family is a son that doesn't like his dad because his dad basically abandoned him and is forcing him to be there and he needs to get this scoop because he writes for shit like the fucking tabloids and shit but he's trying to get a real scoop and his his son fuck doesn't like him so they fight the whole damn movie he meets a girl the dad meets a girl there's a i'm gonna call him a micmac indian professor of anthropology that i think he's my favorite character if they wouldn't have made him a magic indian instead of just like a fucking normal indian because he says one of my favorite lines in the movie when he's getting questioned by the main reporter guy the guy's like so what happened with all these kids or what happened with that and he's like all the kids went ape shit and killed all the parents fucking great micmac guy he was fine until like the last scene of the movie but there's it's it's like they had two ideas and instead of going with one of the ideas they went with both of the ideas with this movie because there is an explanation for why the kids went fucking crazy in the first movie that doesn't have anything to do with the demon or whatever and it's ergot poisoning and if you don't know what ergot poisoning is i think it's usually on like bread or barley stuff like that but back in the day people became it makes you hallucinate if you get too much of it in you it's like a bacteria it's a mold that grows and then if you eat too much of it and back in the day when they didn't have good storage people would eat too much ergot they would go crazy and people would be like well that's a werewolf so that's one of ergot poisoning is one of the origins of the werewolf in one part of the world so it makes you hallucinate and you can do some terrible shit on it pretty sure they were wild men was what it was said that they acted like when real people had severe ergot poisoning so they bring that up in this movie as a reason why the kids went fucking crazy which would be a great explanation if you were going to go with a not magic version and i realize the first one was a magic thing so why wouldn't this one be and then why the fuck did they need the ergot poisoning it all it does is make the sheriff want to kill the main two guys micmac guy and reporter guy and they get away and then the kids burn down the fucking town meeting with everybody in it but this one's a pretty good sequel it takes happens right after it makes sense that there'd be reporters there 
this one kid gets thinged and turns into the new Isaac. Every one of these movies has an Isaac in it. So this is Isaac too. So at least it all makes sense within the movie. The problem is the stupid comedy shit they throw in there. Like they crush a lady with a house. And instead of just that being a horrific scene where they crush a lady underneath her house, they play the Wicked Witch music from The Wizard of Oz. And then when it crushes the house, her legs are sticking out. And that's the most egregious form of comedy in the movie but if they would have taken all the comedic shit out and kept the tone like the original which is a horror movie i think the movie would have been a lot better they do fun shit in this one that they didn't do in the first one isaac 2 after he gets possessed it literally goes into a fucking computer animated world thing where he gets like digitized into like putty and then fucking rearranged and put back together and now he's fucking possessed and then they bring up ergot and you're like why the fuck would you bring up ergot after that we know it's real movie just need to cut the ergot out or cut the demon shit out and it would have been fine he does some cool stuff he does like this voodoo drawing or carving thing where he like stabs the guy and the puppet in the nose and the guy starts bleeding out of his nose and then he just jams it all the way in and just like blood gushing everywhere out of this guy and he fucking dies. So Isaac 2 has some mojo right out the gate. And he's trying to get everybody to do everything and there's like this love story with the two little kids and the, the girl fucking manipulates this teenager's emotions hard. Even fucking admits it later. It's, it's great. You watch it and you're like, he's gonna say yes because she has boobs. And he's like, you have boobs? I'm gonna say yes. And then later when she's gonna be sacrificed... Because that's how all movies end. Main people have a fucking love interest that's getting sacrificed. She's like, I love you! And then that snaps main guy out of it. Because he got indoctrinated. And he cuts her free. And then he's like, you said some stuff. And she's like, you say lots of stuff when you're about to fucking die. We'll talk about it later. It's all good. And I'm like, fuck yeah. At least they brought it up. Instead of it actually being a total love story thing. that Like a movie. But they do all drive away at the end. Back to New York. And uh, they just, like, steal a kid. I mean, her parents are dead, but she also has guardians you'd have to talk to. They steal a kid, and then this one lady's like, I liked helping people, and now all the people I helped tried to kill us all, so I guess I'm going with you. Happy families. Kid doesn't hate his dad anymore. His dad understands his kid better. All that fun shit. The way that the kid got indoctrinated into the evil cult was so just as bad as Anakin Skywalker. So horrific feels like it comes out of nowhere because literally isaac too is like well your dad says you probably shouldn't have sex but he's having sex right now so that means he's evil and then the kid's like hmm that makes all the sense in the world i'm gonna join your murder adults cult it sounds wonderful doesn't make any sense but it's a pretty good two it's a solid step down a couple steps like most sequels are they would have taken out the comedy would have been a lot better oh the indian dude The Micmac guy comes back later and he's like, says some shit about this ritual that the kids were supposed to do that is written on this fucking rock. And then he's he's dressed up in his, I bought this from the store garb. And he's like, and now it's fixed. And then the wall changes to be fixed. And I don't know if he disappears, but he might as well disappear. They just didn't need to make him that. If they didn't make him magical for no reason, because he was great anyways. He gets shot with an arrow and shit, and he still keeps going. He's the one that mulches up Isaac 2 when Isaac 2 needs to be mulched up in a cornbine. And if they would have taken the comedy out. Because the ergot fits with the adult storyline, if we're really going to look at this. The ergot fix fixes, not fixes, is good for the adults. And then the actual possession of a child fits with the kid's storyline. So it actually is not that bad. I just don't like when they bring up stuff like 
we're going to use Urgot. That would literally fix all of the problems. And they're like, nah, it was just so we could not die. Children of Corn 3, Urban Harvest. This starts as a little trend that I don't like. The Isaac in this movie, no, I don't remember any of their names because they're all like Eli and Isaac and not going to remember those, which I'm pretty sure Eli is the name of Isaac in this one. But anyway... It's called Urban Harvest. This one's really, really dumb, but it might be the most entertaining one out of all of them. It's a 90s movie. 95. The other one was 92. So mid 90s. And this movie is 100% a mid 90s movie. It also is really bad. But here's the thing. I started to talk about it starting a trend because I jumped and we're going back to that. And then I'll finish all the rest of this. The trend is that there is one Isaac that just basically stays a child forever and then goes through time. And that's fucking stupid because the only thing that should be 100% constant and never changing is he who walks behind the rose. And the only reason that it sucks is because it carries throughout two more of these movies and it's just dumb. The fun part about this one is if you want to see corn kill people, this movie will show you corn killing people. The whole premise of this movie is Isaac 3 wants to take the corn. They get like Isaac 3 turns a guy into a scarecrow that's the dad of the family he's living with. So then they get relocated to a city that I can't remember. I'm going to go with New York because why the hell not? We already talked about New York. New York. New York. New York. Um, anyway, so he wants to take... Because the corn's a thing now. There's a corn Bible that's in the first movie. So Isaac 3 has the corn Bible, and he tells the corn field before they leave, protect this as if it was me. So they're already throwing the lore out of the whole everything. Like, the Bible should mean nothing. It should literally just be scripture. And he should be writing in that Bible as he who walks behind the rose tells him what to write. They forgot that this is a religious cult, and they're like, Nah, but the corn is fucking magical. So we're going to just fucking have the corn be magical. So this kid lucks out and their new family is a guy that sells things in the uh, agricultural world. So this corn that he brings with him is like perfect. It is the most perfect, fast growing, best, ultimate, awesome corn ever. And Isaac... Three is like, yes, you should spread all of this corn around the entire world. That would be amazing. So Isaac three plants some of the corn in like an alley and it grows to this like giant corn field. And then he starts in indoctrinating all of the kids from the, the high school he's in. So he's got some muscle and all while all while all of this is happening. His fake brother is trying to fit in and gets the hots for this one chick and starts being buddies with that chick's friend. Isaac is fucking upset that his bro isn't being his bro. And he starts fucking with everybody, including the family. And he ends up getting the mom of the family killed. Cool kill. She, well, the kill's not cool. The fact that it's practical and what they do with it's kind of fucking neat. So she goes into the cornfield because she's going to cut it down because she's sick of his shit. And he's been really creepy. I think he licks her ear at one point in time when he's going to like whisper in there because he's fucking crazy now for no reason. And she gets tricked with images in the corn and i think the corn like trips her and then she's running running and it finally trips her and there's like this water runoff thing that's spiky and she falls like and you don't think it's gonna happen because it's the mom and you're like oh the mom's gonna make it and then she's like trip bam stabs right in the back of her head and then you know she's a puppet and then a bunch of blood gushes out of her mouth and then it turns into water or vice versa anyway she's dead so the dad's like that sucks and gets really, really depressed that his 
wife just died, but that lets Isaac 3 go, you should push this corn thing. And then the main kid gets his shit together, and the fucking end is just a bunch of teenagers in a cornfield in the middle of a fucking city trying to stop this kid. And then a giant corn monster comes out of the ground and is like, stop motion, eats people alive, like, whole. It's fucking great. It's so stupid, but it's so awesome. I watched this in the 90s. So that's why I have fond memories of it. Also, this one has like the best kills out of all the movies. Like his buddy gets his head, you know, like a predator does the neck rip. Well, Korn did that to him. And then they like gave him a new spine, I guess, because the practical effect doesn't make sense. And it goes like 20 feet in the air. And he's like a little like his head's on the like 20 feet in the air while his body is strapped to the ground with corn. I don't know how they gave him all those extra pieces of spine. But they figured it out. So this one has the most fun, like, kills in it. It's like a good ride, but it's really dumb at the same time. I'd say if you were drunk, you'd probably enjoy it more. Or if you just, like, mostly boring with some ridiculous redeeming qualities. All of these movies are like that, except the next one. They're pretty much boring, 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 boring. Something neat happens. Boring, boring, boring. Something neat happens. Boring, 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 boring. Something neat happens. Boring, boring. The climax happens. It's typically how all of these movies go. There's just some fun stuff in there, and that's why I didn't want to do separate episodes for each one of these for me to say, and they did nothing, and there was a cornfield, and then someone died, and then they did nothing, and then there was a cornfield, and then someone died, and nothing happened, and then there was a cornfield. Like eight times over? Seven times over? Yeah, I didn't feel like doing that. So a lot of... I'm skipping over most of the stuff. Okay, this is my least favorite one. Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering. Would rather watch an ICP Gathering clip show, because at least that would be interesting and not boring, than this piece of shit. It's got Naomi Watts in it, and I forgot who that was completely. I'm like, she looks familiar. Who the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, she's the lady from The Ring. And maybe Dark Water or Black Water or whatever that fucking movie was that makes me think it was based on Lisa Lamb and the hotel with all the murderers and ghosts in it but that's beside the point this she's real young this one came out in 96 but it has literally nothing to do with children of the corn it's not only really really boring but it has nothing and i mean nothing to do with children of the corn it has children in corn a kid does come from the cornfield but it has none of the backstory or anything all of the scripture that they talk is just normal scripture i mean culty normal but not children of the corn scripture they may drop he who walks behind the rose once but it's it's a slog this kid i mean it's interesting it's just not a the premise is interesting the movie's really fucking boring it's just not a children of the corn movie and that's it's one of the there's, there's another one that's similar it actually ties in but it's so disconnected like as my brother would say because he doesn't care about this stuff as much as i do if you asked him to describe children of the corn for you he would say well, there's children and corn in it, and maybe some people die. And that's kind of what Children of the Corn for the Gathering is. It doesn't have any of the backstory. There is no he who walks behind the rose. There is no prophet that gets told the word and then kills all the adults. I mean, adults are getting killed by children, yes. But the person that's telling them to do it is this preacher man that was a little kid. He was like a traveling preacher. And in the his convoy of preacher people... We're like, we need to keep him real small so we can keep doing this. So then they poison him into being stunted. And then he just curses himself back into existence to take some weird random revenge, I guess, that makes no fucking sense. And if I missed a lot of the plot points in this movie, it's because I was struggling to, one, pay attention to it, 
And two, stay awake. Because holy shit, nothing happens in this movie. Next movie. Children of the Corn 5. Fields of Terror. Now, this is one of my favorite ones. I'm about 10 minutes in this movie. I went on the Facebook and I'm like, Children of the Corn 5 has more action in it in the first 10 minutes than the entirety of Children of the Corn 4. And then everybody's like, there's a Children of the Corn 5 and 4? So this one has... This one's weird, but it's got David Carradine in it, which is awkward to see him in things like this when the only thing you know him from is Kill Bill and Death Race 3000. And I know he was in that one karate crap, but I didn't see it. But I'm like, why the fuck is he even in here? It's also got Ava Mendez in it, and she's a blank slate in this movie, and then she jumps into a cornfire and fucking dies. That's her entire character. Her love interest died before the movie started. She's a blank slate through the whole movie. The kids are like, she gets a, the Bible, reads some of it, and she's like, yep, I'm gonna go jump in this fire now, because I'm about to turn 18. It's really weird. But this one has Isaac number five, Get soul transferred the power of he who walks behind the rose. And then I think David Carradine is like, hey boy, I'm going to do something you don't like. And he's like, how about I lightning bolt you to death? And then he gets electrocuted and then it's over. We get to the start of the movie. David Carradine's not dead yet. So I'm not sure if it was David Carradine, but the only reason I think it's David Carradine is because what happens later with David Carradine. This one's fun because it's going to sound really, really bad, but they haven't really done this yet. They start shooting kids, which seems like it would be a negative, but in a movie that's about kids trying to murder you, murdering them back doesn't seem like too bad of a thing. They shotgun a couple of kids, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> There's more to it than that. That happens. The reason I like this one so much, not only because of the action and everything, but it's like they add more lore to the children. So you're thinking, well, what happens when the children of the corn turn 18? Do they just get murdered? And in, in this movie, there's like this corn fire that's been burning for years. And when they're about to turn 18, they just give themselves to he who walks behind the rose. Because in their religion, if you jump into the fire, your soul goes to live with he who walks behind the rose. And you can't be in the cult if you're 18 because that's when the corruption happens. That is the reason why they kill all the adults. Because... The adult world is so horrifically corrupt and children are so pure that them turning 18 is a corruption. Which is fun. It's a good time. The main character is trying to find her brother who gets stabbed to death and then she has to go shotgun some kids and David Carradine takes the lightning bolt that he got shot into him in the beginning and fucking erupts it out of his split head into the cop and fucking melts his head. There's some fun shit in this movie is what I'm getting at. And... It's by far the best one. Follows the lore just enough to be worth it, and they do some ridiculous shit. Are any of the characters worth listening to? Not one damn bit, but it is fun watching them get killed. So that's my critique on that one. So now we have Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. And this movie was going to be like my saving grace of a movie, because I'm like, Isaac was the best part of number one. I loved when he monologued his scripture, and they just fucking ruined it. Pretty sure he got blown up at the end of the first one. He was at least possessed, and then things blew up. But apparently he was just in a coma, and he had two children. And I'm like, wasn't the character of Isaac's, like, too young to have children? Like, he didn't even have concubines. It's like, it didn't get shown. None of that shit happened. But he just had two kids on the side that nobody talked about. It doesn't make any sense. So he wakes up from this... This one annoyed me the most. He wakes up from this coma and he needs his firstborn son or whatever to be the new prophet of he who walks behind the rose. And then the main character is this chick. It's always a fucking chick. And she gets tricked by 
the other son that lost favor with Isaac. And this is the one that has Remy in it. And she's a cop. And it sucks. And this movie's bad. <sighs> All I'm saying is, one, have Isaacs be reconstituted from the field. As if it was the plan from Walter. I'm just going to call him Walter instead of he who walks behind the rose. Because the man in black or Randall Flagg or whatever other words I said, don't care. Walter's my favorite. Even though they're all the same fucking guy. (laughs) So, he who walks behind the rose, aka who I'm going to be calling Walter, is in this movie. And it's funny because he, he has the same power as Matthew McConaughey's fucking stupid man in black in the Dark Tower movie. Which I didn't even read or listen to any of the Dark Tower movies, but my friend loves Stephen King. So I'm like, we should go see this. And she's like, okay... And she's like, I fucking hated it from a Stephen King standpoint. And I'm like, I fucking hated it from a movie standpoint. It wasn't very good. And then I started listening to the books. And I got to Blaine, who is definitely a pain. (laughs) And yeah, I would have loved for them to went with the book storyline instead of the movie storyline. That's beside the point. The point is, Matthew McConaughey's power of like, he just tells you to do something and you do it. Like, he literally can say hate to a child. And then that child instantly hates their mother. Like, right away. Or he can be like, pull the trigger, and you shoot yourself. Well, this guy has all those powers. It's like they watched this movie and then made that one. It's weird. He's not as goofy. Matthew Matthew McConaughey is not as goofy as this one. Because they went full on Looney Tunes with this guy. It's like he couldn't be like stoic or something like you would assume he would be if he's fucking killing adults and children in this really, really, really weird way. But why the fuck is Isaac even there? He's a grown-up now. What the fuck does he matter? So what they should have had is Isaac being Walter in this movie. He needed to be reconstituted as a grown-up, aka the actor in the movie. But he needed to have... He needed to carry himself as if he was the all-powerful. And he could have dictated a new set of children. And all of this stuff that they could have done if they just wanted to bring back Isaac. But they could have made it work. And then they could have made it somehow where the main character defeats Isaac and fucking finally puts Walter's ass away from the fucking corn. But they don't do that. He just like monologues for a little bit and then gets fucking killed by his son. And then his fucking son's like, I'm he who walks behind the rose. And then the fucking movie ends. It's stupid. On to the last one, Revelation, which has Michael Ironsides in it for no fucking reason other than an information dump that is literally the only thing that connects this entire movie to Children of the Corn. Problem with this one is they had some stuff going with it, like ghost kids and a tent burning. Like they rewrote the first movie in this movie where it was like a cult thing instead of just a bunch of kids. So it was like a tent cult and there was a fire and it killed everybody except for the main character's grandma. And the main character's grandma's gone missing by this point and she's going to go find him in this random location. It doesn't make any sense. But a little cornfield starts to grow. And we learn that when you die in this town or at least in the cornfield, it like eats you and you become a ghost kid that serves Walter. Cause I'm not fucking saying that anymore. The problem with it is, other than it's kind of just a shitty movie, the only time it gets explained is like way late in the movie. If they would have done stuff like, because I thought this whole thing was just going to be a different take on Children of the Corn while I was watching it. Because it was going very, very differently. Until they had the exposition dump. And I'm like, oh, I feel like this wasn't going to be a Children of the Corn movie until they had to put this scene in. She gets this Bible 
from her, I think it's her grandma, her grandma's room. And it should have been the corn Bible. I don't care if it's a redesign of the corn Bible, but it should have been the corn Bible. Or it could have been a regular Bible and she has pages marked that have the scripture in the Bible cut out or covered up with the children of the corn scripture. So when the main character is reading the scripture from the book that is like labeled for you to read, it's like, please read me because it pertains to the plot of the movie. That could have been either scripture from the first movie, short story or new scripture, but it felt like old scripture and it doesn't. It just feels like regular scripture. And then Michael Ironsides comes up and he's like this priest that is just like hanging around for no reason. He's like, remember in Gatlin when all those kids died? There was a tent burning. Your grandmother was the only one that could resist his charm or whatever. And she's like, who? He who walks behind the rose, of course. Then that fuck scene's over. And that's the only connection to Children of the Corn. Really? I mean, she gets chased by the kids and shit. Shit, I don't even remember what happens at the end of that one. She might burn the cornfield and release the kids. Pretty sure she burns the cornfield and releases the kids. Anyway, that one just needed a little bit more easter eggs from the fucking first movie to make it fit. A big XP dump right at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie doesn't substitute the build-up through the rest of the movie they could have had. And they could have thrown in more scenes. Like, there's cool stuff in this movie. They eat the corn because it's right outside and it's bleeding. The corn bleeds. The kids trick people. There's like, it's got some fun stuff in it. The problem is, it's a Children of the Corn movie, so it's like ungodly boring for most of it. And then they don't tie anything to Children of the Corn until like way late when you don't care anymore. And then Ghost, he who walks behind the rose, is like, come to me. And the adult lady's like, how about I just burn the cornfield instead? And he's like, you probably shouldn't. And she's like, I'm gonna. And then the movie ends. But unfortunately, that's not the end of this saga. Next week, we're going to talk about Children of the Corn Genesis, which I figured out existed after I watched all this box set. And then they made a prequel that's called Children of the Corn, which is so fucking annoying. Either they are making it or it is made, I'm gonna try to find out. So next week is Genesis, and then I'll give you an update on if I can find the prequel that doesn't make sense that there's a prequel after that. And the reason the prequel doesn't make sense is because what I said way, way back in the beginning, when I'm like, remember when they showed the kids kill the adults? Well, that would be what the prequel would be, right? They already showed it. It happened. I don't want to see Isaac stand in number fucking 85 talk to malachi stand in also 85 because all of these movies have a malachi equivalent except for the naomi watts one anyway i don't want to see isaac go hey children of the town why don't you come over here and hang out in the cornfield with me i'll tell you some stuff for an hour and a half and then we end the movie right before we kill everybody because there's no reason to show that because we could just watch children of the corn instead in other words some movies would be nice if they had prequel a short story that tells you the whole entire story isn't one of those and children of the corn falls under that isn't one of those categories said it was made in 2020 that could have just meant it was filmed in 2020 i didn't put a lot of work into looking let's rank these so the first one's the best one and then i'd have to go final sacrifice five three revelation isaac's return the gathering if anyone cares but that's the ranking next week will be a regular episode just on one movie children of the corn genesis and we'll see where it goes from there if i can't find that prequel we'll pick something else i have another movie that i really love to talk about that has nothing to do with children or corn or stephen king as far as i'm aware so i have backup of course i could just watch something new as well but i would rather talk about this movie that not a lot of people seem to know about but you won't get to know about that until we actually talk about it hope you all have a good week i'll talk to you later bye <laughs>